the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Online at grace-bible.com, this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Today, Exodus chapter 32, as we explore an understanding, a modern understanding of what idols really are. This is Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Welcome to our program. Thanks for being with us today. As we turn once again to Exodus chapter 32 and observe some shameful behavior by God's people, you would think they would be down on their knees worshiping God for continuing to protect them from harm. But just like people today, all of those people and all they wanted was more, more, more. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Now listen to what's going on because there's something to learn here. You need to learn this. Here it is. Break off. Go back, please. Break off the earrings which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. I'm not going to stay here long. I want you to offer your children on the altar of sacrifice to create a new God. I'm not going to stay here long. You can drill down into the inference and application. It's very clear because what's going on is the body. Remember, the battle is for the body. For those of you who keep up with me in studies, the battle is always for the body. The worship is in the body. Everything we do is in the body. Your body is designed to serve God. When the enemy can get a hold of your body and take parts from your body, which is what's going on today, you are allowing yourself to serve a false god. Moreover, what's going on here is a what is called a recapitulation of a principle that God laid down. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, he allowed them to plunder the Egyptians. That wasn't reparations. That's another story. But he allowed them to plunder the Egyptians to demonstrate that God had won the battle. And whenever you win the battle, the enemy must give up the goods. And God gave Israel all kinds of gold and silver and precious stones, did they not? So for those of you who need a short version, he did not give the people of God those wealth and riches for them. It's not about them. He gave them the wealth and riches in order that they might build a glorious tabernacle in the wilderness to be a representation of the presence of God as they make their way to the promised land. Y'all keeping up with me? And that's exactly what Exodus 25, just a few chapters back, was was the instruction that God had told Moses to tell the people. Give me your earrings. Give me your gold. Give me your silver. Give me your brass. Give me your yarn, your linen. Give me all of your fine linen. Give me because we now have to build a tabernacle. It is a clear symbol of what kind of sacrifice we are all 
called to be committed to when it comes to building God's church. May I just give you the caveat I taught you before. You are not engaging in building God's church if you are not sacrificing. You are not engaging in building God's church if you're not. Sorry, please get this. Please get this. Worship is always about sacrifice. If God is calling you and I to uh, bring lambs and, and, and bullocks, those are part of our, 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 our produce. Those are part of our, our, our commonwealth. You bring that to worship as a sacrifice. You give back to God what God gave to you. You give back to God what God gave to you. Do I have to drill down into this or do you get it? So no one comes to worship empty handed, especially not the men, because the men are leaders in the church. They come giving because they have received. They come giving because they have received. No one properly understands worship if all they're doing is to come to receive. That's clear to me you've not been born again. It's clear to me you don't know what worship is. Am I making some sense? And if God has won the battle and given you the spoils and he's simply saying, I want a portion of it for the glory of my name in a sanctuary that I'm going to abide in, there shouldn't be any arguing on the part of the people of God. Now, here is what is astonishing to me. Aaron is duplicating what God had told Moses and Aaron to do just a few chapters back for God, and now they're doing it for the devil. Do you see it? Do you see it? Remarkable. Now we got to learn what it means to worship the devil. Because that's what this account is about. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. That's just called being politically correct. Because I care. Because I'm always amazed at how Christians don't want to hear God's word when it comes to their behavior. We don't mind hearing it about other people, but we don't want to hear it when it comes to ourselves. Right. And so this is important for us to get what God is getting ready to show us is how we can wake up serving the devil and he will take from us to glorify himself. And he will cause us to change the true and the living God, exchange him for a God of gold and silver and physical things, wood, hand, stubble, creeping things, birds of the air, and even mankind. This is what we're doing today. And what we must see is how that you and I are trapped by the same demonic deception unless the Lord is liberating us. This is quite, uh, quite remarkable because the presumption of manufacturing a false idol also requires a certain level of emotional attachment. Look at verse four. Notice what verse, I'm sorry, go to verse three now. Let's keep going. Verse three, start verse three. And all the people break off their golden earrings, which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. Verse three simply says they were zealous in what they did. Notice they didn't argue with Aaron. Notice they didn't debate. They hurry up and gave. They hurry up and gave. Why? Because they want a God of their own liking. They have now just devised a God in the collective consciousness of the group, right? They have all said, this is the kind of God we want. And they're telling, telling Aaron, bring that God to fruition. And, and if I had time, I would help you understand that Aaron knew exactly what kind of God they wanted. Because they were all in Egypt for 430 years. 
The only God that could have come up in their imagination was the gods of Egypt. This is Egyptology. The bull god is one of the central gods of the Egyptians. They have now changed the glory of the invisible God that showed up in fire and a cloud and have now zoomorphed God into a bull God, which is nothing but Egyptian worship. This is where we are today in our culture as well. And many of our churches are worshiping a neo-Egyptian ideology. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. It's very clear. Oh, and they did exactly what he said. Look at verse four. Look at verse four. I got you for a little while. Look at verse four. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, here it is. These be your gods, O Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Settle there for a moment, because if you don't, you won't get the reason for which the next event occurs. So what has just happened here is that Moses has been mobbed by a group of people who have fallen prey to a strong delusion. This is what your Bible teaches. You and I are subject to it. The whole group has fallen prey to a strong delusion. And now because they're operating out of a kind of weak political paradigm, the leadership, rather than being prophets of God, are nothing but politicians. And politicians do what the people say. See, this is called anarchy, and this is called godless democracy. So the people are telling Aaron what kind of God they want, and he's made it for them. Aaron made it for them. He didn't just have a concoction out of his head. He knew that these people loved Egypt. But now why are these people so passionately and furiously and emotionally driven to do what they did? I want you to capture this. This is back in verse 1. Back in verse 1. And when they saw that Moses had what? Delayed. The term there literally means, and when in their perception that he was gone too long, they became offended. Literally, the Hebrew term is meaning ashamed. Let me show you what I mean by that. This is Judges chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. The Hebrew word here, delayed, literally means to expect something and then to be disappointed when it doesn't happen and be ashamed of the fact that it didn't come to pass, and that shame then leads you to anger. It leads you to fury. It leads you to frustration. It leads you to want to act out. Did anybody get what I just stated? I'm going to say it again just in case you are listening. The delay impacted them at the emotional level, a delay that they had constructed. God didn't tell Moses how many days he would be up in the mount. He didn't tell Moses to tell the people how long he was up there. It doesn't matter how long Moses is up there. Moses is up there with God. You don't tell Moses to come down unless you actually think you have more authority than God. You're going to put God on a timetable. Then when he doesn't come through, you're going to get upset with God. That's what the term means. They got upset. This was the account in the Judges where Brother Ehud actually went at the king of Moab, Ekline. Y'all remember that? And he had a secret errand to run. And he went into the uh, chamber of the king, and all the servants were outside. Y'all remember that? Most of y'all don't because you don't know your Bibles. 
All of the servants were outside and these two leaders are having a conversation. The leader of the Moabites who had dominated the children of Israel and God was delivering them. Remember what I taught you? God doesn't deliver the people by many people. He delivers them by savior types. So so, uh, Ehud is in there having a conversation, but Ehud has a special message for him, does he not? And when he gives Eklon, the big heavy brother, a, a present because the ungodly love riches. The ungodly leaders take bribes. Hint, hint. The ungodly leaders take bribes. They want money. Hint, hint. And yet Ehud is a servant of the Lord. And as he gives him the gift with one hand, the left-handed brother comes through. Y'all know the account. The, The one strike went all the way in so full he couldn't get the knife out. He said, I'll leave it there. And he went out the back door and the parlor is shut and the servants are standing there and it's three o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock. And they're going, man, they've been in there a long time. Listen to what the text says. And when he was going out, his servants came and when they saw, saw that, behold, the doors of the parlor were locked. They said, surely he covers his feet in the summer chamber. Two ways to see that. Sleeping, covering your feet, or using the bathroom. Okay, that's, that's the Old Testament metaphor. That's what it means. Because what's coming out of your bowels is coming between your feet. And the goal is to cover it. Teaching you something. Okay? So, you don't mess with a person when they're doing either, obviously. Partic- particularly the king, right? So if the king got a problem with bowel movements, you're going to be there for however long the king needs to handle his business. And they tarried. Until they were delayed. There it is. See, a delay can bring you to a point where you're tested by how long it will be. And now you're going through all kind of mental mental conniptions. Now you're struggling with how to think. Now you're losing the ground of reality because you're entering into a kind of emotional fabrication of assumptions of what's going on. Am I making some sense to you? Now you're allowing your feelings to dominate your rationale. And if you let your feelings dominate your rationale, your volitions, your actions are going to be wrong. And the enemy loves to redefine human beings in terms of how you feel rather than who you are and how you think. That's exactly where we are today. You got it now. That's what's going on. Rebellion has taken place. Mutiny on the bounty has taken place in Exodus 32 because people love love to have it their way. How come they didn't just pray? How come they just simply didn't go to leadership and let leadership matriculate its way back up to Joshua and say, Joshua, the people are disturbed down here. Can can we get a a text to to Moses and maybe Moses can can let us know, you know, if there's a timetable? They didn't even do that. But that was on the part of leadership, not cultivating a continuation of the revelation that they had back in chapter 24. The goal is to sustain the revelation. Sustain the revelation. Am I making some sense? They saw God's glory in chapter 24. Didn't we learn that? Shouldn't the leadership have said, now you know you saw his glory. It's still there. God's still there. Can you not see him by faith? Do you not know that he's present? We don't have to act in rebellion. See what I'm getting at? So they are guilty too. 
of this high crime of idolatry that we now have to work through more fully. Point number three in our outline, a revolt against what? True worship. That's what's going on here, a revolt against true worship. This is Exodus 25, verses 1 through 8. I shared that with you a moment. I'm going to give you a few verses. This is remarkable. God had already given them his his ten ten words. And then when they wanted Moses to get the instruction, because remember, they didn't want to hear from God. So Moses is the one going up. Moses is telling, uh, God is telling Moses what to tell the people. And in chapter 25, the people are ready to give in order to build the tabernacle. Now they're going to do it again. This is Exodus 25, 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, verse 2, Speak unto the children of Israel that they bring men, what? Of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart shall you take my offering. Verse 3. And this is the offering that you shall take of them. Ah, gold, silver, brass, as I told you. Verse 4. And blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and gold tell how. How come? Because what we're doing is building a tent a big tent, a mobile tent for worship. And it must not only be durable, goat's hair, but it must be splendid in its representation of heaven, that is the blue, and it must represent the atoning work of Christ, that's the crimson. And then it must be gilded with gold and silver because that represents the nature of God. The gold, his deity, the silver, Christ's atoning work as silver is purged in the crucible. So Christ is purged for our sins. This is the triune God in his glory present in the tabernacle. And we as priests get to draw near and serve God in his tabernacle. That's why the garb the priests wore also represented and had all of those colors in it too because they are mediating for God on the behalf of the people. Did that make some sense? But everybody is to participate in the giving and supporting of this gospel revelation. They did that in chapter 25. Now look at what we're doing in chapter 32. This is called the apostasy of the church. Where we are is the apostasy of the church. Did anybody get what I just stated? That's where you and I are today. The apostasy of the church. Rebellion against God. This is why leadership in the church doesn't care what the Bible says. Your Bible can lay out all kind of rules, all kind of parameters, all kind of delineated demarcations as to who is, who is properly called to leadership, how we properly worship, what is the nature and character of the doctrines of the gospel, the person and work of Christ, how to properly interpret scripture, what justification, sanctification, and glory is. We know all these things biblically, and the churches are not doing them. It is like a woman who's married to a husband and not doing what he tells her. Israel has just gotten married to Jehovah just a few chapters back. Jehovah said, I will provide for you, I will protect you, and I will produce through you. All you need to do is obey me. Did y'all get that? And you see what they did? They just flipped the tables on God. This is what we call a modern woman today. I'm not going to go into that real deep, but this is what we call the modern woman today. This is Jeremiah. This is Isaiah chapter 4, by the way. Seven women will take hold of one man, and they'll say, we want to be called by your name to have a covering, but we'll make our own money. We'll eat our bread, own bread, and we'll provide for our own water. We just want your name. That's what's going on today as it did with Israel. So our churches are not obeying God. Are you hearing me? They are bought into idolatry. You know, I've been teaching you guys that for decades here. 
That's what's going on in our text. Verse 3, look at what verse 3 says. Exodus 32, 3. And all the people broke them off. Exodus 32, 4. Verse 4, please. And he received them at their hand. He fashioned it, made a God, brought it unto them. Exodus 32, 5. I want to walk this through briefly. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow is a feast unto the Lord. Aaron felt pretty good about this idol because he had calmed the beast down. Now, they're all in rebellion against God. He's promoting this false God as if it's true, putting it on a pedestal. And now tomorrow, guess what we're getting ready to do? Another recapitulation. What do you mean, Pastor? Don't you remember? I shared with you back in chapter 24 how that when God called the men up to see his glory, they were able to sit in fellowship and eat and drink with God. Do you guys remember that? They ate and drank with God and he did not cover them. He allowed them to see his glory. Are y'all keeping up with me? This is why you got to understand narrative theology. You got to understand the narrative and its continuity. A few chapters back, the true and the living God has brought leadership into his presence. They are eating and drinking and enjoying God. Now they have created a false God and they're going to eat and drink in his presence. Y'all see the parallels? Look at the next verse. Verse six. And they rose up early tomorrow and offered burnt offering, peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and to drink and they rose up to play. That's repeated over and over again. This is first Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17. Pull it up. I got you for another 20 minutes. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says. Paul explains this. Um, uh, go, this is, this is it's, it's earlier down in the 1 Corinthians 10 text. I want to make sure that we actually uh, capture this point. It's extremely critical in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, um, maybe verse 7. Look at verse 7. 1 Corinthians 10, 7. Uh, the apostle Paul is addressing that. Yeah, here it is. Neither be ye idolaters. That's what we're dealing with, right? As some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and what? Rose up. to Now, rising up to play is a euphemism for bacchaline debauchery. Bacchaline debauchery. Some of y'all don't know that, but you should. The Bacchus God of the Romans was the God of fertility and pleasure of wine and drunkenness and sexual orgies. Did it come home? All right, so I'm going I'm to I'm drill down into this. Give me, go back to our text. I may only stay on point number one today because there's so much to deal with. Go back to our text and notice what our text says over in verse 6, uh, the latter part. They did eat and drink and they rose up to what? Now look at verse 7. And in verse 7, and the Lord said unto Moses, get you down. For your people, which you brought out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. All right, so I want you to hold on to that. This is called narrative theology. After you laugh, get serious. Because this is narrative theology. This is where people don't go go deep. God's people are Moses' people in God's eyes. Because God has made Moses the mediator. Once you're made the mediator, you are representing God at both angles. 
The role of the high priest is to represent God to the people and the people to God. Did not teach you for several weeks that Moses has entered into a mediatorial process? Are the people of God the people of the Lord Jesus? Isn't that what he said? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So whenever you are in a mediatorial role, you are representing the people. Even if the people are stupid and rebellious, you're still representing them. However, what God is doing with Moses is drawing Moses deep into a relationship with him. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.